Welcome back. Today we're doing something new here on uh, my podcast, Dr. Sophie. We are one 767 4966 If you have something to say, you want me to talk about, you want to talk to me, we're doing it now. But today we're going to do some kind of trending news stories from CNN that we thought were really pretty impactful and pertinent to every day. People had a lot of opinions on their website, some on mine, and I want to discuss these. From my point of view, I want to hear what you guys think. And I just think that these are real issues that have so many different layers that if we don't start to talk about them in different ways, we're not really going to address them and get them eradicated or away from the places where they need to be, which are dangerous for our children and our families. So I want to introduce my producer, Doug, who's going to talk about some of the things we found on the CNN website to be able to talk about it, get opinions, and uh, just discuss these issues. Douglas? Um, I think we've all been reading about the Jerry Sandusky trial a little bit too much for the past 11 months, but uh, last November he was arrested on charges that he preyed on young boys he met through the Second Mile Charity. In June he was convicted on 45 counts involving 10 young victims, and this week he was finally sentenced to 30 to 60 years in prison. Right Now a lot of people, he'll probably, he's 68 years old, he'll probably, 30, that's 98, he'll probably spend the rest of his life in prison. Yes. But a lot of people on um, on websites have actually, have actually been commenting that they don't think this sentence is severe enough. Well, I mean, I guess I would wonder, well, what do they think is severe? They want the man put to death? I think they really want a message sent here, and that's actually sort of a follow-up I'd have of, do you think it's right to send a message through a sentence to somebody? Absolutely. I definitely think that a sentence is really oftentimes the only way that people are going to be able to feel the impact of their behavior. I mean, this guy is 68 years old, so the potential chance for him to change is there, but it's not really going to probably impact his life on any major level. Maybe when he sees his grandchildren, maybe when he sees his family, that's where a change would show. But I mean, the rehabilitation process in, in somebody like this, especially in, re, in incarceration, is very limited. So the only way to make the impact is the number of the years or the you know potential of a death threat. Do you? One of the more despicable things about this this entire case is that Jerry Sandusky has never apologized. Uh, in fact, he actually wrote letters to the judge where he called the boys that he sexually assaulted ungrateful liars. He tried to shift the blame to them, pointing out that the, the boys came from unstable homes. And you know that's a really good point because the issue is that. Um, Nobody understands the real pathology behind a perpetrator like this. They see this guy who seems like he's got himself together, but he really doesn't because he's sick. He doesn't look sick, but he acts sick. And a perpetrator is oftentimes in a suit and tie and carrying a briefcase. And they that makes people not understand the depth of the illness. And then how did this happen with this? So, so there's there's something akin to a mental illness going on here. Totally. I mean, a, a victim, a perpetrator, all of that stuff. Many perpetrators, people who prey on people in this way, were victims themselves who never got treatment. There's lots of incestual stuff that goes on in families because of this. And there's the beat goes on of abuse, of sex abuse, because people don't get treatment after they've been victimized. And they then play it out and become disturbed over that process and then they never work it out. Does that mean every victim is a perpetrator? No. But when you see people who have gone to this extent with their behavior, it's because they've had some horrific trauma earlier on in their life that never got treated and the genetics of mental health 
within their own families. And the convergence of those two things is why you see such a egregious kind of behavior. Um, it seems like there is a stigma. And, but I just want to go back, though, and that's why you're not going to get an apology. That's why you're not going to get remorse and you're not going to see somebody who has empathy and sympathy because that's part of the pathology. They lack those things. So they don't see that. They just see ungrateful kids who were given an opportunity to have a camp or do whatever they got from me and what they gave me back or I took from them. That was expected. There's no empathy. There's no sympathy. But that's the pathology. So there is no apology. When the apology comes, that's when the pathology has been healed. Interesting. Um, there seems to be a stigma associated with behavior like this that's possibly worse than almost anything else you can possibly do in our society today. Absolutely. So my question would be, for people who are having urges maybe to do something similar, similar to what he did, to what Jerry Sandusky did, is it seems almost impossible to turn to anyone in that situation because when you tell them this, it's not like having alcoholism. That's something, oh, we want to help you. We want to get you, you, you into a, a clinic, get you help. When you tell people like this, I think their first reaction is to be very scared of what, what you're telling them. What can people that may be having thoughts like this, what can they do? Who can they turn to? Well, I mean, yeah, it is very scary. And it's very scary to hear that. And people are going to run. And should I call the police? Do I have to protect my child? But the bottom line is there are places to go where you're safe to say that and get the help before you act on that kind of stuff. So there are a lot of places to go. Any mental health professional you go to and you disclose this kind of stuff, if you haven't done anything, is going to lead you to a place where you're going to get the right treatment. If you've done something, then that's really something you have to own and, and deal with because that's also part of your treatment and getting better. I know a lot of times these professionals, if you say, the, if you say something, if a certain something that is a, of grave concern to them, it well, is their obligation to tell yeah, someone it's else. It's not that... just grave concern. It's if you're endangering yourself or others. So if you haven't acted, but you have the thoughts or the feelings, now's the time to get some help and you go out and get it. But if you've acted, then you're going to have to own that. Okay. Um, what can, what can, I mean, the victim of, of, of this, this crime were, were young boys. What can young, young boys and girls who find themselves in situations that may be somewhat similar to this, like what can they take from this situation to help them? You mean young them? boys or girls that are victims? Of, that, are, that are victims or find themselves in a situation where it might be go, heading that way. Well, they need to reach to a, an adult that they feel safe with. Anybody they feel safe with, whether it's the priest or a a religious person or a teacher or a mentor or a coach or a father or a parent, somebody they feel safe with that they can tell and disclose will then lead them to a place of getting help and getting healed. Because also for these young kids that are maybe in these situations that are starting to circle this kind of behavior, it's not about saving the perpetrator and not getting somebody in trouble. It's about getting yourself help before you end up in a place that you're going to really regret. Yeah, I think that's important. I think, I think a lot of people sort of feel bad for what they're going to do, but you can't. Mm -mm. You really can't. You cannot feel bad. You cannot give a perpetrator a heads up. You cannot worry about getting them help so they don't hurt you. The bottom line is stop the hurt from yourself. How could parents who have seen this happen, how could they address this situation with their children? Well, if they've seen something going on, you mean? Not if they've seen something, but just maybe they've read about this case. They want their child to be aware uh, of this, well, but it's kind of a sensitive topic. They don't want to... Never make it sensitive. I mean, it is, a, a, it is sensitive. I get that. But the bottom line is you've got to be honest with your kids. Stranger danger. There's tons of programs out there to look up on the Internet to be able to give you the tools to be able to talk appropriately and 
safely to your child about alerting them to all the red flags of this kind of behavior. All right. I think that was, that was really helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, our next story is from China, where an autistic child was beaten, and it has pr- provoked at his daycare, and it has provoked a lot of uh, outrage through China and actually throughout the world, too. Um, the video footage shows a four-year-old girl with autism being manhandled and beaten by a female assistant at a children's rehabilitation center. The CNN article reports that the girl apparently collapsed and lost consciousness as other adults looked on passively. Uh, she was rushed to the hospital for emergency treatment. The child has since undergone surgery and is slowly recovering. Uh, media outlets have reported that the assistant has been charged with assault and battery, but CNN has been unable to verify this yet. So on a Chinese Twitter-like service, a user commented, commented, this kind of behavior should be charged with intentional homicide. Autistic kids are extra vulnerable because they are unable to independently control their behavior. Right. Do you agree with this? Uh, Totally. I mean, I understand that I'm sure that these adults who acted inappropriately and lost control may have felt provoked by this boy or girl's behavior, this child's behavior, but there's no... There's no excuse. I mean, if you are treating these children or they're admitted into your daycare, you know they have a diagnosis. You know what goes along with that diagnosis. If you are not capable to handle it, then you shouldn't be doing it. But to end up at points like this is way beyond. It's absolutely a crime. It would be wrong if this happened to any child. Absolutely. Is it you think it's it is actually worse when it's an autistic child, I think any child with any mental health issue is at a disadvantage to begin with. Their perceptions, they're vulnerable to things, they they misperceive, they don't have control of their brains for certain, depending on the disorder. I mean, it goes without saying, you have a mental health problem, you have somebody who's vulnerable, you're going to, you got to be extra careful. You can't be provoked and attack. Maybe the uh, most concerning part about this article is the fact that the other teachers stood around watching not doing anything about it. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think I'm sure they in their mind were justifying that this is going to teach this boy whatever, but we're not animals. We don't beat each other, and we certainly don't take advantage of a vulnerable child who's got some issues and is depending on everything from these people. And the damage, emotional damage done of breaking trust and, and self-esteem and self-respect is just, it's, it's going to take a long time to repair that in a child. Do you think this brings into question the qualifications of the teachers? Well, it brings into questioning the licensing of that facility if they do those things. And then what is the qualifications of these people who are the caretakers? If they're not educated to these disorders, they're going to be provoked. They're not going to understand them. But if they're educated, they should understand the meanings of these behaviors and be able to put them in the right context and not act like that. Parents spend so much time trying to choose the right daycare, trying to get their kids in. What, what should they take from this? Are there any warning signs? Well, I think the best thing to learn from anything, any bad thing that happens, we have to learn something from. And going forward to learn from this, I would say any parent should look at where they're placing their child. Look at the licensing aspects of that place. Look at the education and the degrees or whatever of the people running it and who will be overseeing your child. And if your child has a diagnosed issue or some deficits or some needs or strengths, make sure those people are capable of knowing them and handling them and treating them and dealing with them. Don't put your child in a situation where their issues are going to provoke people and then your child is going to become victimized. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't even this wasn't even just a daycare with, you know, 
uh, children without mental illnesses and then this one child with mental illness. It was actually a rehabilitation center, right. which I think makes it even worse because these, these teachers trained. should have been trained right. to deal with this exact right. situation. Exactly. And no matter what extent this child had gone to, there are alternate ways to deal with this stuff. Yeah. All right. Our, uh, our next article is sort of the feel-good of the bunch. Oh, good. Because um, these others were pretty tough, man. They're hurtful. A bullied teen was voted homecoming queen as a cruel joke. I think some people probably say, wait, she was voted homecoming queen. Isn't that a good thing? But it's, it's sort of the fact that she's the butt of a joke that she's not in on and everyone is kind of putting the spotlight on her right. and, and making fun of her almost like on a, on a, on a public stage. Right. Um, the goal, uh, it got so bad that she actually had thoughts of dropping out of school, even considered suicide. But at her sister's urging, she kept the title of homecoming queen, and she actually turned into a local hero. A Facebook page supporting her has 111,000 likes, which is a lot. Uh, and kids came from far and wide to support her at her homecoming football game where she went on the field and was, uh, was given her, her crown. And so what can people who are bullied who have these extreme thoughts, you know, it got so bad for her that she considered dropping out of school, even right. suicide. Um, what, what, should they, what should they be be thinking about what should they do where can they turn when when something like that happens she was lucky enough to have family there who who helped her out and it was kind of a this was kind of a public issue for her right, so people knew right. about it but you know it's not that it's not that same way for other people no and i think it's important to know that if you're feeling this way or you feel you're bullied or backed into a corner then you obviously reach to somebody that you trust a teacher or somebody but do your best to not cave into these things because what this girl did was a huge strength for her and will define her and herself for the rest of her life because she took something that became frightening and scary and turned it around into being a huge win for her. And what she also did was teach anyone who voted for her and tried to humiliate her into showing them that out of all of this, something great came and humiliating and bullying somebody isn't really the right thing to do. It's not a safe thing to do, but you don't, you don't have to cave into it. The, the, the issue of you may not like me and want to make fun of me, but I like me. And that was really where the turn came for her. She had to get support to get to like her. And I like me. And if you don't like me, that's okay because I'm moving forward and I'm not hiding. And it's huge messages that go across the world. And I think it's great. She said something really astute in this, uh, in her, in an interview with her. And she said, um, she said that she's learned that People care, maybe not about her necessarily because they don't know her, but about the situation. Right. And right. I think that that I think you would agree that's something that people can can take from this, even if you're getting bullied in a different way, even Absolutely. if it's on a smaller scale. People might not know about your plight, but they they people do not like bullying. They will stand behind you. You have people. In your right. Corner. People do not like overall victimization of someone who may be perceived as weaker or whatever. I think the the good news is the majority of the people feel that they would stand up for somebody being victimized and that's the message and you know reach out that's only more more proof to everyone that if you are being bullied you reach out for support it's there people will support you because nobody really at the end of the day is okay with it why do you think with with bullying being the news in the news so much recently it seems like i don't know if you if you do you remember the uh, news article a few months ago about the uh, the parent chaperone on the bus and right, the right. kids, I mean, that, that was, she, there was a foundation that raised, I think, almost a million dollars for her. Why, why do bullies, like, what is it about bullies? Why, why do they keep doing it? Well, because it's starting somewhere in their life. 
that bully is not being bullied at school. That bully is being emotionally or physically bullied at home or somewhere outside of that arena of school or their social setting. And they're bringing their anger into that. And they're looking for somebody weaker than them to dump on because they're weaker in that other situation than getting dumped on. That's the simple thing about bullying. It's not just a child who wakes up and doesn't like themselves. It is a child who is bullied in some shape or fashion. And they're perceived as weaker. And whoever's the bull, who's ever bullying them has taught them to go find somebody weak and bully. Because their anger has to go somewhere, and it goes down the hill. So if we, if I see uh, a bully and, and a victim of the bully, should I rush to the defense, to the aid of the bully, because they're really the one that has the problems? Right. I mean, you know, I think you should run to the aid of, of both people to separate it and, and make it clear. But each one of them has their own issues. The 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 victim has to see themselves and and strengthen the things that they may be not okay with that per, are perceived as weak. But that doesn't mean they are weak. They have to see where their role is in all of that. But the bully is really the guy or a girl with the issue because they're angry and sad and been victimized somewhere that has never been dealt with. And that's why they look for the weakest link to go after. And so that has to be dealt with. And it's not okay to ever hit. It's not okay to bully. But sometimes bullies get beat up back by the victim because the victim gets fed up. And is that wrong? Yes, physically, yes. But at a certain point, the weak do get strong. Um, in this in this particular circumstance, she stayed on the prom committee. She stood up to the bullies. But what would you say to her for the next time? She will, in her life, she will get bullied again. How she, do we know that? Everyone gets bullied at some point in their life. Well, if you allow it. She, See, and that's what she learned through all of this. That's the good news of this. She took something that was weak and negative and turned it around and showed the world that I have now mastered the ability in a big way to take something that felt awful and weak and painful to me and showed how I can turn that into a strength of mine. So that's the thing that you have to learn. So are you sort of saying that bullying is a two-way street? Someone has to be trying to bully you, but you also sort of have to let them bully yeah, you? Yeah, you're, there's a, a spot where they're getting in. All right, so if they don't get... So bullying... It's not just the act. It's also the the repercussions on you that you're letting it, that you're letting it get right. to you. You're not aware that it's coming at you that way because you're either a nice guy or a nice girl. You're vulnerable. You're open. But you have to then – that's a wake-up call to you that there are those people out there that you do need to shut down immediately if you start to see them going there. So it's a red flag situation that's now taught to you. So you see it coming, shut it down. So if she takes this confidence that this situation has, has given her. And insight and, and red insight. flag abilities to be able to shut these things down, nobody's going to bully her. She doesn't have to go to the other extreme and be shut down and be in somebody's face, but she'll be somewhere in the middle where she's able to see this stuff coming, shut it down, and put it back on them. All right. I want, I want to bring up one other article that um, I actually didn't, didn't tell you I was going to use, but um, it's uh, in Canada. I don't know if you've seen the video, but... There was a video a few months ago of a girl on YouTube, which which got it just became viral really, extremely fast. And she she didn't speak at all, but she started pulling note cards, and she was kind of talking about how she was suicidal. And she gave it was a nice it was a little story about what had happened to her. And actually, just today she did commit suicide. And so I would say, how was that situation? How was she not given the help she needed to avoid something like this happening? What went wrong? Well, I think. What people need to understand is suicide doesn't just come overnight, but in a certain age population, because of the developmental stage they're at, they're impulsive and they think it and they do it. 
And so if you have a child who's displaying some change or has had a bad interaction at school, make sure you're dealing with that with them and they're getting their emotions out because the suicidal starts with them feeling anger for something that they direct toward themselves. They don't feel comfortable to get it out. And then it builds and then you get self-directed anger that then becomes self-directed harm. And so if any changes happen, address them with your child. If you see somebody on YouTube who's talking about it, that is their way of asking for help. They're crying out for help. Jump on that stuff and get your child some help. All right. Thank you very much. Absolutely. That was great. Thank you for listening today. Podcasts are always available on our website and on iTunes. Plug in my website and at www.drsophie.com. Keep your eyeballs open for my new phone app. It's coming out. Call me whenever you need me, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Check out my book side by side, Mother Daughter Conflict Free Resolution book. And visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And most of all, don't forget this week. But you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, I know it's hard.